Carlos Correa is no longer a giant. The introductory press conference went completely off the rails, and he flipped. Carlos Correa flipped last night from the San Francisco Giants to the New York Mets. John Heyman, uh, our MLB Sports Radio 610 MLB insider, he broke that news roughly around 1.30 this morning about Correa flipping to uh, the Mets and John Heyman is joining us now. Joining the show is Odyssey MLB insider John Heyman. Insider calls are presented by BetQL. Get access to data and insights the sports books don't want you to see. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit betql.com today. John is also the host of Odyssey Original Podcast, the Odyssey Original Podcast. Big time baseball with Cody Decker and Tony Gwynn Jr. covering the entire MLB. John, how you doing, brother? I'm good. How are you doing? Man, we're we're doing good. We're rocking and rolling. It's Christmas time, man. It's it's uh happy holidays, <laughs> Merry Christmas, yes. Happy New Year. Hey, if you can't put a smile on your face this day this time of year, John, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you, man. <laughs> I like the way you put that. That's right. Uh, happy New Year to you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey man, we you you broke the news, man. 1:30 this morning. First of all, I guess yes, don't sleep. I guess you just you just don't sleep when these when these uh, big time baseballers are on the move. But Carlos Correa flips from the Giants to the Mets. Man, I think first and foremost, let, let's talk about the front end of that. Um, what what exactly happened in San Francisco between Carlos Correa's representation and the organization to make the flip to the Mets a possibility? Well, right now they're just saying there was a difference of opinion over the the physical, and that's it. Um, you know, the Giants. People have told people there was some concern about some issue with the physical. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure what it was. Uh, I just heard that it was not the back, which, as you guys know, had been a little bit of an issue at times in Houston. Now, the last few years, he really has not had that back issue. And apparently, it's something else. Now, you know, of course, there's going to be speculation that they got cold feet. It was a big contract, but... You know, I mean, they were pretty excited about getting a star player to San Francisco. They felt that they needed to get that star. They tried hard for Judge, and then when Judge didn't pan out, they went for Correa. It's, you know, it's hard to imagine a cold feet over. I've seen cold feet before, uh, no question about it, but it it felt like they were excited about this deal. So something happened, and now he will be a New York Met, provided he passes their physical. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about next, John, is obviously this contract is pending another physical. What do you think the real concern or the difference of the real concern might be between the Giants and the Mets? I mean, the Mets have been making splashes all over the place. We talked about the amount of money they've spent, but why would they feel more comfortable with the medical in return with Correa than that of the Giants who needed to make a splash? Well, I'm assuming there is some concerning thing about the physical. The Mets are, you know... uh... Le- uh, more uh, or less concerned about risk than than the Giants, it seems. You know, and just in general, probably that's true of every team. You know, uh, they're willing to spend to win and do whatever they can to enhance their chances to win that World Series. Steve Cohn, uh, being the owner now, it has totally changed the outlook of the New York Mets. You know, they previously acted like a market team. They're almost 100 million above any other team, and with the tax. They are more than $100 million above any other team. So uh, they're certainly putting their money where their mouth is. They're putting winning above all else. Uh, they're willing to take a loss, and I do believe they are losing money at this rate. And, uh, you know, I think uh, the Giants are more 
risk averse it probably is more most teams are than the Mets at this point but uh, as you guys know I think it was a Carlos Gomez a different Carlos Carlos who uh, they said the Mets had said failed a physical and then he went uh, to the Astros I believe from there right so uh, you know a different thing different doctors look at things differently um, you know there is such a thing as cold feet though I'm not saying it's happening here but uh uh, the Mets are very excited, and uh, I think it would take some really terrible thing for him to not pass his physical. Boy, it's it's getting expensive out there for these teams that are chasing these Astros, John. I know I know you can't put it that way, but down <laughs> here we like we like to put oh, it that yeah. way. It, 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 they're sure. chasing, and it's expensive now. Um, hey, speaking of of Correa going to the Mets, if this thing if this thing clears, how does how does Correa fit in defensively in New York? Well, he'll be the third baseman. Um, you know, he played third base, I believe, in the WBC with Lindor as the shortstop for the Puerto Rico team. And he, he's uh, apparently a ter- terrific third baseman. I don't recall uh, that uh, that tournament uh, or his defense in that tournament, but I'm hearing from all sorts of people that he's a great defensive third baseman as well. And, uh, you know, we're gonna, we'll obviously see. He's much more experienced at shortstop where he was dynamic defensively. And it gives the Mets quite an interesting left side of the infield. A little reminiscent of when the Yankees had A-Rod and Jeter. Probably not quite that accomplished. And we're not expecting uh, Correa to hit 50 home runs or even 40 home runs. But uh, terrific, terrific uh, left side of the infield for the Mets. Uh, they're not the only ones. The Padres are pretty good with Machado and, and Bogarts as well. So, and you know what? Your Astros are pretty good too. Let's not forget uh, Pena and Bregman. They're they're outstanding players too. No question. We'll get to the Astros with you in just a moment. But I had kind of one final question in regards to uh, Correa and the New York Mets. And again, this is uh, Odyssey MLB insider John Hammond joining us here on Sports Radio 610. You just mentioned it with the crazy spending that the Mets have been doing this offseason. I mean, the numbers are astronomical. What have you been hearing in terms of other front offices, executives, what do they think about the Mets' spending habits this offseason? How are they perceiving this team going forward, which is very, very old once again for a second consecutive season in both the starting rotation and on the field? Well, you know, I've reached out to a few owners today, and they are fairly tight-lipped. They say it doesn't do them any good to complain uh, you do hear that there are complaints uh, amongst themselves. Uh, little talk, little chatter among the owners that they're not too happy. That being said, he is playing within the rules. Is Steve Cohn, and uh, you know I think it could be imagined at least when he won the team that he was going to be a big spender, being that he has a reported 17 billion dollars, which is probably about 10 to 20% more than most of the other owners. Uh, you know, a lot of the owners, probably a vast majority, are worth $3 billion or less. Not not that there's anything wrong with it, but uh, <laughs> it's not the same as uh, having $17 billion and being willing to lose, whether it's $200 million, I'm not sure, $250 million a year. He could lose $200 million a year for 10 years. It's still only $2 billion over time. So, you know, he wants to win. He's willing to... Uh, sacrifice uh, his person part of his personal wealth to do so john let, let's let's bring this thing back to houston and, and talk a little bit about these world series champions that have now added uh two 300 hitters 
to the lineup that won the World Series last year in Jose Abreu and now the most recent news with them re-signing uh, Michael Brantley, assuming that he's healthy. I don't want to speculate on, on whether he is or he isn't. He spoke today to the media and, and seems to – and he, he were what, – what word did he use? Phenomenal. In, phenomenal. I almost said tremendous. Phenomenal, and he'll be swinging the bat again in January. How Just, just those two bats being back in this lineup – um, for for a a World Series, uh, defenders. Well, what 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 does that look like to you? Yeah, I mean the Astros were a, an amazing team last year, as you guys know, with some stars at the top of that lineup and uh, incredible pitching, top to bottom. Uh, if you would point to a weakness, it was a little. The lineup was a little top heavy, so they've now lengthened it with Abreu and Brantley, provided that he is healthy. And I've heard all along that they preferred him over all the others as long as he checked out medically, and apparently he did check out medically, and I think he feels good about it. They feel good about it, and, uh, I mean, it's a terrific lineup now to go with a, a great offense. Um, you know, they're, uh, excuse me, a great pitching staff. Obviously, the loss of Verlander is uh, is a loss, but, uh, boy, their pitching was so good that, I mean, you guys know it better than I do. Uh, Javier was, you know, on the, the cusp of the rotation there, and he, nobody could even hit the guy. So uh, he's fully in the rotation now and probably will be one of the best pitchers in the game uh, to go along with Valdez and all the other fine young pitchers uh, that Houston has. They've, they've done a, just a terrific job. John, you mentioned it, and we certainly know it, how deep this Astros uh, lineup is now with the addition of Jose Abreu and now bringing Michael Brantley back. As good as you know, rookie and going in now to his sophomore season, Jeremy Pena has been in that two-hole for the Astros where do you see Michael Brantley fitting in in terms of this lineup? <laughs> That's an excellent question. I, I will I will leave that to uh, Dusty Baker. He probably went against the analytics uh, when he put Pena second. They wanted to get him some good pitches in front of Alvarez, and boy, did it work. Uh, you know, I don't think any uh, analytics person would have had Pena ever batting second there. But uh, you know, I I could see Brantley uh, back to second and uh, Pena. In the middle of that lineup, he obviously has terrific, terrific power. I saw him in spring training in a home run that was one of the longest home runs I saw all year, probably 480 feet. And I really uh, opened my eyes as to what kind of a talent this kid is. And, I, you know, I think he'd be good in the middle of the lineup. And probably uh, that's where the analytics people would like it. But uh, you know what? Dusty's uh, got a good feel for these things. I will leave that to him and whether he wants to leave them in the second spot because, boy, did he ever thrive there uh, in front of Alvarez? That's John Heyman, Odyssey MLB insider, joining us on Sports Radio 16. Real quick, John, I, I want to leave you with this one here. Um, look, the, the Astros have, have signed Jose Abreu. Now they've re-signed um, Michael Brantley. They re-signed uh, Montero. Uh, they, they've had a little bit of action there. and I, I think the, the, the situation here with no GM is, is at least a topic of conversation pretty often when these deals get done. Jim Crane obviously is close to the situation, if not handling him himself. Jeff Bagwell has has uh, has an interesting role here uh, in Houston so far with with really no title. There's two assistant GMs, but there's no GM. I don't know who they're an assistant to. I'm assuming Jim Crane. But just your thoughts on the Astros moving forward with no general manager and anything that you've any any rumblings you've heard around what they may do there. Well, I, mean, I think Jim Crane is acting as the general manager right now. I don't know what else you could say about that. And he's, from what I understand, was handling the negotiations 
of the big free agents, at least to my knowledge. So, you know, uh, I don't know what kind of a hurry he is to get a GM in there. I mean, that's the usual way to go is to have a, uh, a general manager and not do it yourself. But uh, there's no rule against it. Uh, I know there was a rule when the owner tried to step into the dugout. This is Ted Turner. That's a long time ago. But, uh, you know, for now, uh, Jim Crane is uh, really the de facto GM. I'm sure there'll be lots of speculation about David Stearns, who is under contract and apparently not going anywhere with the Brewers and not really working for them, just resting right now. And um, I could see him back in Houston. Uh, that would make sense. He's certainly qualified and he did an overall very good job uh, with the Brewers.